While they were saying all this, Jesus appeared to them and said, Peace be with you. They thought they were seeing a ghost and were scared half to death. He continued with them. Don't be upset. Don't let all these doubting questions take, take over. Look at my hands. Look at my feet. It's really me. Touch me. Look at me from head to toe. A ghost doesn't have muscle and bone like this. As he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. They still couldn't believe what they were seeing. It was too much. It seemed too good to be true. He asked, do you have any feet here? They gave him a piece of leftover fish they had cut. He took it and ate it right before their eyes. Then he said, everything I told you while I was with you comes to this. All the things written about me in the Law of Moses and the Prophets and the Psalms have to be fulfilled. He went on to open their understanding of the Word of God, showing them how to read their Bibles this way. He said, You can see now how it is written that, that the Messiah suffers, rises from the dead on the third day, and then a total life change through the, through the forgiveness of sins proclaimed in his name. Starting from here, from Jerusalem, you are the first to hear and see it. You are the witnesses. What comes next is very important. I'm sending what my father promised to you. So stay here in the city until he arrives, until you're equipped from power from on high. The disciples were reeling from a week of horrible events. Jesus' arrest, his trial torture and death. And now, fearful of the Jews, they locked themselves away behind closed doors. So the disciples were gathered together in a locked room. They had heard news all through the day from various sources. So the women had met uh, together at the empty tomb, but had been met by angels there telling them that Jesus was not there, he was raised. Um, Simon Peter had been to the tomb and found it empty and puzzled over the discarded grave clothes. Mary had met with Jesus herself and he greeted her by name. And then two disciples on the Emmaus Road met with Jesus and talked with him for hours, but only realised that it was Jesus right at the end when he broke bread with them. So now they're in this room together, confused, uncertain, debating with each other about what all this could mean. And it's into that state that Luke uh, brings his message of certainty. The whole of Luke's gospel is designed to help us be certain about what we've been taught. In chapter one, he says that that's the reason that he wrote these words. And this passage is the very pinnacle of that message. It's where Jesus himself steps into the situation and brings certainty to the disciples' minds. And he can do that for us too. So let's read these words, read this passage uh, to help us to understand how we can be certain and how our faith can be strengthened through that. So how does it happen? Jesus comes and stands with them. And these few minutes, uh, as Jesus talks with them, are really a focal point of all of history. 
if Jesus had left them in the state that they were in, confused with their message not quite certain and uh, no one sure of what had really happened, then all of Christianity would have fallen. It never would have gotten started. Uh, so these few minutes in this room where Jesus steps in and changes everything are really the foundation of Christianity and all that we are and all that we believe now. So it's exciting times. Uh, but how does Jesus do it? So he comes and stands with them in a locked room. And understandably, the disciples' first reaction is fear. Um, surely, if he's here in a locked room, how did he get in? He must be a ghost. He must be a vision and not real at all. And so they're too afraid, too frightened to believe. And Jesus knows exactly what they're feeling. He knows their hearts and their thoughts. And so he meets them where they are. He shows them he is real. He invites them to come and touch him. He shows them his hands and his feet. He even eats something in front of them as the most real thing that they can uh, relate to. And all of this, instead of helping them to believe firmly, actually is too much for them. It's too good to believe that Jesus is, is there real in front of them and their emotions get the better of them and they just can't believe it uh, for joy. And so again, Jesus knows uh, how they're feeling. He knows what they're thinking. Uh, and so he takes this next crucial step and he does something miraculous, something supernatural. Uh, in verse 45, it says, then he opened their minds so that they could understand, so that they could understand scripture, so that they could understand Jesus and be certain. And that's the crucial difference. Just as in their in a room which is locked, their minds are also closed and locked. And unless Jesus steps in and does something, it will always remain that way. And so Jesus opens their minds. And now he's able to, to show that he indeed fulfills all that has been written in God's word. More than that, uh, Jesus has taken what seemed like a tragedy and turned it into a master plan, amazingly executed and finished, so that they can have a new understanding of all that they know from God's word. And more than that, he shares with them, he shows them that not only does he fulfil God's word, but he is God's word. It all comes together with him. Jesus is the centre of everything that's ever been written uh, in God's word. Jesus is God's word. And that is good news indeed. Uh, and then he goes on to show that not only is he the fulfilment of God's word, um, but because he is, now God's word can be utterly depended on. And so Jesus goes on to say, uh, that repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name. Not might be preached or if you work really hard, then it might come to pass. But repentance and forgiveness will be preached in his name to all nations. So this is a certainty. It's not a hope. It's not an aspiration. It is certain. It will happen. And this is the good news of the gospel. Not just that Jesus uh, came and did amazing things, but that he is the fulfilment of all that's ever been written. That he is the centre of all things 
and it is certain that these things will go on to completion, just as he planned. So this then changes everything. It changes the lives of the disciples. It can change our lives, and it will change our lives if we let it, if we're willing for our minds to be opened in the same way that Jesus did. You see that they were so imbued in all that was real to them that walls and doors are solid. Uh, but Jesus is more real than all of that. He's more real than the wall. He's more real than the lock on the door. Um, just as they were frightened because he was standing with them because they believed that the walls were real. Um, Jesus is more real than that. The walls get out of the way to let him in because they're mere fragments uh, compared to the reality of Jesus. And it's that central position that Jesus has to take in our lives, that reality that we need to know in order for us to fully believe and for our faith to become uh, as solid as it was for the disciples immediately following this. Because we see that what happens next is uh, amazing and a real testament to the changed lives of the disciples. And it was this passage that first led me to believe how a group of frightened, uh, scared people behind a locked door could be transformed in so many minutes uh, to people overjoyed and preaching God's word in the, in the streets for all to see. How could that have happened apart from by the Holy Spirit, by God's intervention in their lives? So I'm just going to finish by reading the last few words of Luke's Gospel. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God.